1: I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. One of my favorite flavors is caramel. I like it in my coffee, in my candy, in my ice cream, on my ice cream, and in these cookies we're about to make. The companion website to this show is thecookalongpodcast.com, and there you'll find info about what's needed for this bar cookie recipe, the ingredients, the equipment, and some other details. Oh, and a picture. Here's some do-aheads and they're kind of a pain in the honey. So first just turn your oven on to preheat, turn it on to 325. And then the pain in the honey parts are that you need a pound of butter. That's not the only ingredient that's going to startle you here in its quantity. <laughs> Cause that's a lot of butter, We but need a pound of butter. And here's the catch. You need it at room temperature. So you may need to set that out and come back to me in a bit. If you microwave your butter on a regular basis, you'll read all over the internet not to do that. But if you do it and you know how to do it without making it puddle in the middle, then you could soften it there a little bit. The other tedious piece is that you use a bunch of caramel candies in this. You know, it's like craft caramels or I think Brock's makes them, but they're little squares. They come wrapped in cellophane. They come in a plastic bag. You need the whole plastic bag of caramel candies, all of them unwrapped. So if you've got a kid in the house or a spouse, uh, you could set them to work doing these things. It just, they all have to be unwrapped and put into a microwavable bowl. So those are the do heads and now I'm just going to start. You are going to need a uh, 9 by 13 inch baking pan, and you're going to want to spray that with some light like, cooking spray. I'm going to do mine actually right here at the beginning. You know, it won't mention it until later in the recipe, but I'm doing mine now. I have one of these weird, maybe you've had this, I have one of these weird non-aerosol cooking spray cans, and it's like it's... It's like it puts four times as much oil on here as the aerosol ones. And I know aerosol isn't good for the ozone, but boy, they, they, I hope they find something better than this. Okay, in a large mixing bowl, because we're going to put this in a, in a mixer, although you could probably do it by hand. I'm not going to. We're going to put the butter. So a pound of butter. And just so you know ahead of time. This makes really a lot of cookies. And if you're going to a party or or a potluck or something, it's probably a good idea to make the whole thing. But it's also really easy to cut in half. You just use half of everything I'm about to tell you and an eight by eight baking pan instead of a nine by 13. And they'll be a little thicker. And you know, that's, that's really okay. Okay. So the butter goes in there and then a cup of just plain white sugar, and one and a half cups of powdered sugar. If you've made shortbread cookies before, this is gonna start to sound a little familiar. So we're gonna beat that together in the mixer until it's creamy, it says creamy. Oop, locking the mixer, okay. My mixer always squeaks at the beginning. I have a KitchenAid mixer. I probably ought to have it serviced or whatever it is you do after a couple of decades of cooking with them, because maybe it would stop squeaking. Anyway, we're creaming the butter until it's uh, creamy. <laughs> and then we're gonna add, and here's the other surprising ingredient, two whole tablespoons of vanilla. That's a lot. so if you haven't already figured this out what you're making now is mostly butter and vanilla all right putting in the vanilla and now we're going to beat it again yeah two whole tablespoons of vanilla. I, uh, I can smell it and I can see it. It's turning the butter kind of, wow, kind of uh, temptingly golden. Okay. Now the next thing is some flour. You need to get four cups of just regular all-purpose flour. Again, if you go to the website, you'll see all these amounts ahead of time. You can measure them out and set them out before you even start cooking which can speed things up and make things so you don't make mistakes. I, I kind of recommend that you do it that way when you can. So four cups of flour, we're gonna sift it into the butter mixture and beat it on low speed until a smooth, soft dough forms. Now, if you're gonna say to me, well, I don't have a, I don't have a sifter, it's really okay. You may have seen recipes online, where they don't use a sifter they use a fine-grained sieve and you if you have one of those you don't need a sifter you can pour the flour into the fine-grained sieve and then you just sort of tap it and shake it and the flour goes through as though it were a sifter the other thing about this is it doesn't wear your th- fingers and thumb out the way a sifter does <laughs> I, I really It's like, I don't know how many times, like, I look down into the sifter and I go, are you done yet? I can't do this anymore. Are you done yet? It actually moves through the sieve a lot faster. So that's what I'm doing. In fact, I'm really thinking of completely getting rid of my sifter because, you know, they don't have a very long life anyway. Somehow the, the little blades that go round and round, they quit. They break, they bend, I don't know. They stick. I hate it. But... What I could have done in a sifter, I've probably just done in a fraction of the time in my sieve. I'm knocking it against the bowl to be sure I got everything out. Putting my beater attachment back in. Okay, so what we're gonna do now is just beat it together. I'm gonna do a low speed because otherwise this flour goes flying all over the place. Low speed on the beater until we get a really soft, smooth dough. Here we go. Are you with me? Here we go. Yep, flour flying around. Now this may seem strange to you, but uh, when we finish this dough, we've kind of finished about half of the recipe. So this makes kind of a crust and a topping, both. And the caramel makes the filling in the middle. I really can't wait for you to try this. It's, uh, yeah, it's, It's, if you like caramel, it's really to die for. I've got a smooth, soft dough, and I'm going to have to scrape it off the beater attachment because it's all clumped onto there. So you're going to need probably a rubber spatula or something at this point to kind of pull it all together so that you can see how much you've got. Make a little mound or a ball of it or something. Because you need to be able to sort of eyeball a third of it. And the third that you're going to take out Let's sort of take it out with your hand, and we're gonna press that. Oh, that's close enough. Uh, that's about right. That's about right. I mean, it's, this is there's, this is not science. Uh, you don't need to be precise about this. So the third that you take out, you're gonna press down into the bottom. Just use your fingers. Press it down into the bottom of the pan that you spread the spray in, and push it to the corners. So you got sort of a platform you know you got a you got a crust on the bottom is what you've got that's what you're making here okay and when you get it pushed out into all the corners kind of try to even it out a little bit so that it'll bake evenly and then put it in the oven and set a timer for 20 minutes we're going to take it out when it's the edges are just starting to get a sort of pale golden brown about 20 minutes i'm going to put mine in i'm going to set it for i'm going to set my timer for 15 just in case there we go now the rest of the dough that you have here you can either leave it in the bowl and put plastic wrap over the bowl or you can sort of take it out in a clump and wrap it in plastic wrap because it's going into the fridge for a little bit until the first crust is finished and the filling is made, which is our next step. I think I'm gonna wrap mine in plastic as a ball. I don't really think this matters. So it's really not about chilling the dough as much as it is about keeping it from drying out before we use it. It'll actually be easier to use too when it's a little bit cooler than this, because remember, if you did what you're supposed to, your butter was at room temperature, And by the way, this is not good news, but almost always, unless directed otherwise in a recipe, when you're cooking with butter, it ought to be at room temperature before you use it. And here's another pain in the hiney. If you're using eggs, they should also be at room temperature. That's just a thing. And I can tell you that I've gone so many times, dozens of times, without doing that. But it is something that helps your cooking. Okay, let's see. While that's baking, uh, it's going to firm up. And while it's doing that, I'm going to tell you how we're making the filling here. We've got the caramels. They've all been unwrapped. They're in a bowl. It needs to be microwave safe. And then we're going to add a third of a cup. I should have told you. It's about 50 caramels, just in case you were wondering how many had to be unwrapped. It's probably around 50 caramels a 14 ounce bag. We're gonna add to the caramels in this microwave safe bowl. bowl, We're gonna add a third of a cup of milk or cream. I just happen to have heavy whipping cream in my house. So it might be a mistake, but that's what I'm gonna use because that's really got a lot of fat in it. You can use regular milk. You can use half and half. Sorry about the noise. Yeah, that's close enough. Okay, third of a cup of that. And then we put it in the microwave, the whole bowl here for one minute on high. When we take it out, you get all the noises of my kitchen. Okay, one minute on high. What we're hoping for is that when we take it out, the caramels have softened enough to be stirrable into a kind of sauce. If they're not, We just put them back in at short intervals and stir them. Each time, I'm gonna get another rubber spatula. I have two, by the way, in my kitchen that I just hang up over my stove and use several times a day. They're silicone. They are pretty stiff. They're not like, you know, floppy kind that you grew up with in your mother's kitchen. They're pretty stiff silicone spatulas and I like them a lot. Looks like we're down to the last few seconds here on the caramels. These do not look ready to melt. Well, they're close, you know. Wow, that's really even faster than chocolate chips or something. But they're not, I don't wanna stir this hard. They're harder than I want them to be. So I'm gonna put them back in on high for another 30 seconds. And that might, that might do it. I can see through the window. It's actually sort of starting to boil. Okay. I didn't make it to 30 seconds. I'm taking them out. So all told they were in the microwave on high with the cream for, let me look, looks like about a minute and 20 seconds. Now I've still, I've still got some lumps in here. I've still got some lumps of this caramel, but I know that if I just stir it a while, they'll dissolve. I learned that from melting chocolate chips in my microwave oven, is they don't melt them all the way because you can't tell because they don't lose their shape <laughs> until you start to stir them. And then once they start to stir, the ones that are hot and melted will help melt the ones that aren't hot and melted yet. All right, almost. Very close. Just a couple more lumps. I hope you're doing okay too. I hope, uh... I hope they're smoothing out as you stir. That was it, I think that was it. Oh, nope, one more. Stirring, just stirring. Yeah, it can't hold up very long, surely. Okay, that was it. That was the last one. All right, now it's smooth. To your smooth caramel, you're gonna add half a teaspoon of more vanilla. Yes, even more vanilla, but just, you know, a normal amount this time. Half a teaspoon, stir that into the caramel. <laughs> I can't wait. Aye, aye, aye. I haven't had these for a while and they are um, really rich. They're not good for you. <laughs> they're really rich and they're really hard to stop eating. <sighs> it's what I do. Okay, so the vanilla is stirred in. We're just going to have to wait now. We wait until the filling is done. My timer says that's going to be about seven minutes more, somewhere between seven and 12 minutes from now. So you and I, if you've been cooking along with me, are in the same boat in the same position and I'm going to leave you for a few minutes until this comes out of the oven and we'll go back to work when your oven beep comes back to me and we'll finish this up. Oh, actually, we're gonna let the crust cool. So after it comes out of the oven, you still don't wanna come back to me. You wanna put it on a, a wire rack to cool in the pan. Don't take it out of the pan. Put it on a wire rack to cool and leave it for about 15 minutes and then come back to me, all right? So your full cooking time plus 15 minutes cooling slash resting time and then come back to me. Hello again, are you back with me? We're gonna finish these up now. So what you have in front of you should be the same as what I have in front of me. And that is the mixture of caramel that we melted, which is getting a little stiff now, but I think it's still okay. And the crust that we cooked. And actually I'm gonna get the chilled dough out of the refrigerator. Uh, You might wanna do that too. And another thing to have on hand is A tablespoon of either coarse sea salt or maybe some kosher salt and this is optional and the amount is also adjustable. The time that I forgot to put this in I was sorry so I recommend that you do it but that comes in a minute. The first thing we're gonna do is take the caramel I bet you've already figured this out all that caramel stuff that we made we're scooping it out of the bowl it was in And pouring it on top of the crust that has been baked. It's really sticky. (laughs) It's really sticky. Thank goodness for my rubber spatula, but it's not getting everything either. So this may take a few minutes. Maybe I should have reheated it. If you do this again, you might want to either wait a little bit before you make the filling or... Reheat it, but I just think you'd have to be awfully careful because you really don't want it to do much. You just want it soft enough to pour out and then spread it over the crust. So again, I'm pushing it over into the corners the same way I did when I was placing the crust in the pan. Get all the spots. We don't need any bare dough, I don't think. There we go. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. You know, it's funny when when I think about this much caramel... It kind of weirds me out. It's like, ugh. But but I know that it'll be okay because, in a sense, it's kind of diluted or contrasted by uh, the, uh, what's the word I want? Short red dough. I have to wash the caramel off my fingers. Sorry about the noise because I use my finger to clean off the spatula. The next thing is that we're taking this colder dough. no, 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 no. This is the part where the C, I forget this. So if you if you want to use the salt, this is the place to put it on. So you take your tablespoon of coarse salt and just sort of sprinkle it over the caramel that you just put in. Now the caramel's already solid enough that it's just kind of dancing across the top. And like I said, you can choose the amount. Um, well, this is obnoxious. The salt's all landing in the same spot. That won't be good. There we go. Rats, yeah. Okay, so one extra salty place. Maybe somebody else will get that piece. Now we take the dough that has been in the refrigerator and just sort of, uh, the recipe says to crumble it. It doesn't doesn't really crumble, but you're just gonna pick off pieces of it and drop them on the top. Crumble it, it says crumble evenly over the caramel. Well, first, it doesn't crumble. And second, evenly is probably a, a dream. It doesn't matter. You're going to end up having enough dough to cover the whole top so that you can't even see the caramel. So I'm just pulling off like finger size. I don't know how to describe it. Little bits. You're, you're probably doing the same thing because it's about all that this dough will do. And the goal is to just sort of put it in here and cover up the caramel. And then, hopefully, you've left your oven on. We're going to put it back in the oven. So what I have now, while I'm still working, this is going to take a bit. While I'm doing this, I'll just tell you again that the accompanying website for all of this is thecookalongpodcast.com. And there you can ask questions, leave comments, Look for the next recipe you want to try. I'm thinking of having a list there so people could actually look at the list of things I haven't done yet and make requests. I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I might. I'd be helpful, in fact, to get some comments back about whether that seems like something you'd, you'd be interested in. There's quite a lot of this. There's quite a lot of this dough for the top. I'm not a very patient person. I don't know if I've told you that before, but I do get tired of doing the tedious parts. At least we didn't have to, you know, make the caramel from scratch and stir it for 45 minutes or whatever it takes. The first time I did this, I felt really odd about covering up the caramel because in the photo, as you'll see, it, it uh, you can see the caramel. I thought, well, this must, I must have my proportions of dough wrong, but it really will take care of itself. I discovered that it's okay to cover up most everything you can see of the caramel because it's... It's not gonna stay invisible. It's gonna bubble through as you cook. Now, it looks really odd. I'm about done. Here goes my last piece. I'm just gonna sort of pat it down a little bit so that it's all kind of level. I don't know if I needed to do that, but I did it. Now, the last thing is this is going in the oven. You're gonna leave it to bake for 25 to 30 minutes and the filling will start to bubble through And the crumbled shortbread topping that we just put on is going to be firm and kind of lightly golden, kind of the same way that the crust was. So in the oven it goes. Set the timer for 25 minutes. Always set it for the lowest time first, because you can always add time. But if it overcooks, you can't take the time back. So whenever you see a time range in the recipe, always start at the lowest time. And that's that. That's going to sit in there until bubbly and golden brown. And then you're going to take it out and cut it into bars and share it with everyone you know who likes caramel. They will thank you for that. That's all for this time. And so until next time, happy cooking. Oh, and happy eating. I hope you like these.